0: Three sessions today are going to be focused on the question What can the United States learn from Europe about extending marriage to same sex couples? And we decided to focus on this question um, because here in the United States, as the marriage debate continues, um, there are a lot of assertions about what might happen if a state, if the United States extended the rights of marriage to same sex couples. Um, Would straight people stop getting married? Um, Would more of them get divorced? Would they stop having children? And that nagging question of the religious right, what would Britney do? (laughs) In addition, there are a number of strategic questions that the LGBT community faces as it seeks marriage or the rights of marriage. Should we go for marriage first or civil unions or domestic partnerships? Will there be more or less backlash based on a strategy that we choose? Will gay and lesbian couples themselves be changed by marriage? Answers to these questions are too often based on assertions and stereotypes when they really don't need to be, because for over 17 years, across the pond in Europe, they've been formally recognizing the rights of same-sex couples, providing a growing body of experience about how they did it and what happened afterwards. You could choose a variety of dates to start the European experience with extending the rights of marriage to same-sex couples. I'm going to go way back and start with 1950. In Denmark, in 1950, Axel and Igel Axgill announced to the world that they were married by purchasing and wearing matching suits. <laughs> Eight years later, they combined Axel and Egil to form one last name, which they shared to announce that they were married to the world. In so doing, they lost their jobs, they were subjected to nasty slurs on the street, and even physical violence. But Axel and Igel lived, loved, and fought for the right to be recognized as a couple for the next 40 years. And on October 1st, 1989, they became the first gay couple in the world to have their relationship formally recognized by their country. Axel was 74 and Igel was 67. Igel said, we just never could have dreamed we would get this far. I think today they would even be more amazed at the dreams their dream created. Just surveying Europe... Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Greenland, Hungary, Iceland, France, Germany, Portugal, Finland, Croatia, Austria, Luxembourg, the UK, Czech Republic, Slovenia, and Switzerland, and of course, let's not forget Andorra, all recognize the rights of same-sex couples. And now the Netherlands, Belgium, and Spain have moved even closer to full equality by expending marriage extending marriage to gay and lesbian couples. And that's where we're going to start our program today. Um, We have with us today, who's come from a very far away to be with us, Boris Dietrich, whose courageous legislative leadership in the Netherlands led that country to become the first country in the world to extend marriage to same-sex couples in 2001. Now, I was asking Boris a couple days ago, what should I ask him, or what should I call him, because in his country, he is a once and future judge, and he is a former member of parliament, so is it Mr. Dietrich, the Honorable Dietrich, and... Um, Lucky for me, recently, the queen of his country has come to my rescue and made him a knight. So like Sir Elton, our Dame Judy, we have with us today, Sir Boris. (laughs) He was knighted for over 12 years of leadership, not just with um, same-sex marriage, but really taking leadership on issues in the Netherlands, um, such as euthanasia, keeping small bookstores open, um, and a number of criminal law reforms. He has many firsts besides marriage. He was the first openly gay member of the Dutch parliament, the first leader of a party in his country who was openly gay. He was the first member of parliament to author and pass more, more than four pieces of legislation since 1838. <laughs> Someone else did that research. <laughs> And the first judge in the Netherlands to become a member of parliament and then go back again to being a judge, which has created all sorts of sticky issues for his queen to sort out. So coming from very far away and to begin our exploration today on what can the U.S. learn from Europe, I am very pleased to introduce Sir Boris. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much, Brad. I'm glad the Queen is not here and that she didn't hear your introduction because that will give me a lot of problems when I go back home. First of all, let me say that I'm really thrilled and honored to be here today and to talk to you about the Netherlands and the same-sex marriage in the Netherlands. And this morning I have attended uh, two sessions, and I must say it's really inspiring this day. So uh, I hope to be back here again maybe next year or whenever. But it's really been uh, wonderful until so far. I must tell you, I don't have any slides, so uh, you just have to listen to me for about half an hour. (coughs) Ten years ago, uh, same-sex relationships were not legally recognized in the Netherlands. And six years ago, the act opening civil marriage to same-sex couples was implemented. So what has occurred in those four years? Why did the Netherlands become the first country in the world to grant same-sex couples the exact same rights as different sex couples? In hindsight, I believe there are actually two specific political circumstances political circumstances that have enabled the Dutch government to drastically change family law. Now, I have to explain a little bit about Dutch uh, politics in order to make this understandable for you. The first circumstances is that the Christian Democratic Party in the Netherlands was ousted in the elections of 1994. We have in our Congress approximately 10 to 15 political parties uh, participating, and sometimes it's less, sometimes it's it's a little bit more. But um, the constant factor uh, in this Dutch uh, political party spectrum is the Christian Democratic Party. As a matter of fact, they have been in power for a longer period of time than the Communist Party in the former Soviet Union. So in 1994, when they were ousted because they lost the elections tremendously, this was really something new. Um, They were replaced by three political parties because it has never occurred that one political party has gained a majority of votes. So always after elections, a few political parties have to get together and start negotiating about a coalition contract. And in 1994, after uh, the ousting of the Christian Democratic Party, three other political parties gained power, the Social Democrats and two liberal parties. We have two liberal parties in my country, a conservative liberal party and a progressive liberal party. (laughs) I was the leader of uh, the progressive liberal party. Anyway, those three parties wanted to show the Dutch public that really a new decade would arrive and something new was going to happen. So uh, they were looking, actually, for uh, issues they could uh, show the public It's going to be completely different. And one of those issues was the modernization of family law. And that became a hotly debated issue in 1994. The second specific circumstance was that in the 1994 elections, for the first time, three candidate members of parliament um, said they were uh, gay. And they said so during this campaign. I was one of them. And I remember very distinctly that when I um, gave some interviews and I said that I was gay and I was living with a man, that a lot of people also in my political party said, oh, you shouldn't have done that because you had a fantastic career, but and now you're running for parliament and you're telling everybody that you're gay. This is going to lose votes and you will not be elected. And they said, please, hush, don't talk about it. And then I decided that I was going to make this a strong campaign point, because I thought, if I'm not allowed to talk about my sexual identity, actually that means that I don't believe in myself, and if I don't believe in myself, how then can I represent the people? So I decided to really start talking during the election campaign about gay rights issues, and I pledged that once I was elected, I was going to support gay rights in Parliament. And I was elected in 1994. So here we are, 1994. The new government was formed. The Christian Democrats were in the opposition. And my political party uh, was one of those governing parties. In the first general debate in Parliament with our Minister of Justice, I asked for the introduction of a law on registered partnerships. And I said that uh, we could take an example to the uh, Scandinavian countries because most of the Scandinavian countries at that time had already a registered partnership. But in this debate, I mentioned that the registered partnership would be only a first step. And I said, actually, my ultimate goal would be the realization of a same-sex marriage. And this caused uh, a lot of debate, Uh, not only in Parliament, but also uh, in society, and everybody started to talk about same-sex marriage. And this had an advantage because many politicians, many religious groups were very much against a same-sex marriage, and actually nobody talked about the registered partnership anymore. So um, this was actually quite accidental, but uh, the positive side effect was that the registered partnership law was implemented uh, very soon, in 1998 already, and only the Christian political parties voted against it. So those two specific political circumstances made the country, I believe, more receptive for something something new. Now let me talk to you about the uh, main uh, objections against opening civil marriage to same-sex couples. Uh, I will mention five uh, objections, there were actually more, but there are five main arguments. And the first one is that family law prohibits a same-sex marriage, that that was what one said. And although in our constitution, in article one, it proclaims that all men shall be treated equally without any form of discrimination, this article only applies when the circumstances are equal. And according to uh, the, the ones who were opposing the same-sex marriage, they said here the circumstances are not the same because we are talking about a marriage of two men or two women and that's completely different from a marriage of a man and a woman. And in order, they said, to grant almost, almost the same rights to gay couples, we have created this registered partnership. So why would you push it and why would you go on? It's not necessary anymore. There is no discrimination of uh, gay people. uh, uh, Same-sex marriage should uh, not be introduced. They said, we have a separate legal space for same-sex couples and that is enough, the registered partnership. Closely related to this objection, Uh, is the second one, uh, uh, and that is that a civil marriage is traditionally a union between a man and a woman. So why break such a tradition? A same-sex marriage doesn't fit in our culture, they said, and the people are not ready for it. Those kind of arguments. And they also said, the third argument, nowhere in the world um, there exists a same-sex marriage legislature. So why should the Netherlands become the first country in the world to introduce such a novelty? The whole world will mock us and they said it will harm our international image and we already take a singular position concerning, for instance, euthanasia or uh, our policy on soft drugs. So they said a gay marriage is simply too much. We shouldn't do it. And the fourth objection, they said if the same-sex marriage would be introduced, this would cause tremendous, considerable legal problems. For instance, when a child is born in a marriage of two women, the child cannot have two legal mothers. That's out of the question. Uh, Because our family law is based on the presumption that a child born in a marriage is the child of the married couple, the man and the woman the mother and the father. And when children are born in a same-sex marriage, always a third party is involved, according to the laws of nature. And opening civil marriage to same-sex couples makes things too complicated, and it cannot be in the interest of the children. So all of a sudden, they said, we want to protect future children, and therefore we cannot uh, open civil marriage to gay couples. And the last uh, objection is that a same-sex marriage would never be recognized anywhere in the world and it would cause tremendous problems for a Dutch married couple if they were going to move to another country. And according to this line of thinking, it wouldn't be fair for the couple if they would move and all of a sudden they would have these legal problems in their uh, second country. So in order to protect the couple, we should not (laughs) open up a civil marriage. Now, of course, uh, there are some uh, uh, of these objections that really can be countered. First of all, the first objection um, and the counter argument is, of course, that of equal rights. And I've used this in the debate in Parliament. There is a distinct difference in my country between a civil marriage and a religious marriage, for instance, in church or in a synagogue, and there is no justification for the law to introduce a separate space for same-sex couples in the ACT-registered partnership and withhold these couples the exact same rights as the law grants to different sex-married couples. To the law and to the government, it, should make, make, it shouldn't make any difference whether two men or a man and a woman want to get married because civil marriage should be regarded, considered as a package of rights and obligations and it should be granted to all citizens. And I always uh, uh, talked about uh, the book, maybe you're familiar with it, Animal Farm by uh, George Orwell because uh, the pigs who seized uh, power in this book, they said uh, some All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And I always said uh, we shouldn't allow this to be true in our family law. And uh, against the people who said that the country wasn't ready for it and the the public uh, wouldn't want to see two men or two women getting married, uh, I always said this is not true because there were some opinion polls uh, and they showed that a large majority of the Dutch public accepted a same-sex marriage. In some of those polls, over 80% of the Dutch public said they were in favor of the opening of civil marriage. And the introduction of the registered partnership has helped people to overcome their initial doubts, I guess, because they saw same-sex couples uh, coming from the town hall as a registered couple, And then they realized the world didn't really change. There were no dramatic changes in society. Life goes on and the country didn't all of a sudden uh, become a Sodom and Gomorrah. So actually, what's the big deal? If you make the step to a registered partnership, why not a civil marriage? By offering same-sex couples the opportunity to get married, the traditional marriage was not desecrated. It wouldn't end a millennia-long tradition, but tradition and culture are are living concepts, and nothing stays the same forever. So tradition and culture can evolve, and it has always been like that. So don't be afraid. The third objection, indeed, the Netherlands would be the first country in the world to introduce such a same-sex marriage, But so what? If we believe that equal rights should be granted to same-sex couples and we believe this truth to be self-evident, then we should be proud to be the first country in the world to introduce such a marriage. And let other countries then follow. Instead of being afraid, let's be proud. There are always people who dream about things that are fixed, have been fixed, and they always point out that changes will be impossible and we see all kinds of problems. I must admit that a lot of lawyers are in that category. But I belong to the group of people who dream of things that have not been accomplished yet. I always ask myself, why not? And I think um, it should be like this concerning family law. Why should we just um, refuse to change anything because it has always been like that. That's not a good reason enough. The fourth argument. It's true that when a child is born within a same-sex marriage, a third party is needed for the conception or for the birth of the child. For example, when two women are married and one of them gives birth to a child, the natural mother is the legal mother. But what about the other woman? the so-called social mother, or what about the third party, the natural father? In the act opening civil marriage, we have arranged the rights of the social mother and the third party. They have been taken into account. For instance, the female spouse of the birth mother is allowed to adopt the child, and it's true. Then the child has two legal mothers, fortunately. And the third party can be attributed certain rights depending on the concrete situation. So what I want to say is that for each specific legal problem, a solution can be found. It should be a challenge to find specific solutions for those problems. And lastly, the fifth argument, it cannot be denied there will be legal problems when a same-sex couple married in the Netherlands, will move to another country. And I know of an example of two men married in the Netherlands. They moved to Florida, and after a while they split up, and they didn't divorce in the Netherlands. They stayed living in uh, Florida. And one of the men uh, decided he wanted to get married with a woman, and he did. Now, that's, of course, a strange thing, because in uh, Florida... The Dutch marriage was not considered to be existing, legal. It wasn't recognized. So he could marry a woman in Florida. But in the Netherlands, he committed the crime, the criminal offense of bigamy. And the state prosecutor was looking in the case to see if he was going to prosecute this man because of bigamy. Now, do these problems lead to the conclusion not to open civil marriage? No, of course not. Most of the couples, by the way, will just stay living in the Netherlands and they won't face those problems. But if they would move to another country and if such a uh, situation would occur, they would just be, have to be aware of the fact that their relationship will be valued differently in those countries. And actually, I think it should be an incentive to the Dutch government to try to persuade other countries to give legal recognition to the same-sex marriage. Now, let me take you back to 1998. That's the year the Act introducing registered partnership was implemented. In Parliament in June 1998, I formally requested the government uh, to introduce the Same-Sex Marriage Act. And my motion was voted by call, and it means that every member of parliament, every congressman had to say yes or no. And a large majority in Congress supported me and agreed that same-sex marriage should be introduced. However, unfortunately, the government, with my own uh, political party uh, working in that government, they refused. And the Minister of Justice said, no, we cannot do that because then we will be the first country in the world, and uh, we don't want to do that. That was, of course, very difficult because if the majority in parliament says to the government you have to do something, according to the political uh, um, tradition, the government should obey. Fortunately, three weeks after uh, this uh, motion was voted for, uh, we had our national elections again in 1998. And again, the Christian Democratic Party lost the elections. And again, the same three political parties uh, were negotiating a new coalition contract. And we call this period in our uh, democracy actually a black box period because... Uh, The the people who are negotiating are going away. Nobody is there, present, no journalists or whoever, and they start negotiating. Sometimes it can take weeks and weeks. And after uh, such a period of time, they come out of the room and they say, we have a coalition contract, so now we can form a new government. And, of course, it's very difficult in a democracy that this is not transparent. But uh, I was made leader of our negotiation team, in this period, and I said, okay, now it's the time in order to force the new government to obey the majority of the parliament, now it's the time to introduce the same-sex marriage act. And in the negotiations, the other two political parties were not really very uh, enthusiastic about this idea, but they wanted to arrange something else which was important for them, and you know how it's going, this wheeling and dealing. At the end of the day, we came out and we said, we are going to introduce the Same-Sex Marriage Act and also adoption for gay people. And after this coalition contract was signed by all those uh, new members of parliament, the majority in parliament, the new candidate ministers were asked to join the government. But first, before a minister becomes a minister, he has to declare that he's going to execute the coalition contract. And hence, the introduction of the Same-Sex Marriage Act was very easily achieved after that without much real discussion. Of course, we had debates in Parliament, but on forehand you knew what the result was going to be because of this coalition contract. A solid majority in Congress was in favor of the Act. And from the voting uh, about my motion in June 1998 until the implementation of the Same-Sex Marriage Act lies a period of only three years. As a matter of fact, on April 1st, 2001, the new law came into effect. And I remember this very well because it was exactly 12 o'clock and four same-sex couples got married in the City Hall of Amsterdam. And this Was something uh, really uh, important because everybody, every couple wanted to be the first couple. And there were a lot of couples who didn't know anything about this whole history and they just wanted to be in the news as uh, the first couple. And some weirdos wanted to get married. So we thought, how can we stop this? Because the whole world, (laughs) the whole world is going to see this. And then if uh, some weird couple is going to be interviewed, this is not really a good example. For uh, the for this marriage act, so we decided to to uh, ask the mayor of Amsterdam to uh, conduct conduct these marriages, and we asked four couples. Do you want to be the first? And we have arranged everything in the city hall. So uh, the mayor began his speech at 11:45 uh, uh, on the 31st of March, and then uh, he stopped speaking. Uh, I think one or two minutes before 12 o'clock and then this was a very big uh, audience everybody started to clap and clap and cheer and then at exactly 12 o'clock he asked the question do you take him to, uh, as your husband or her as your wife and uh, the, the four couples said yes at exactly uh, let's say 10 seconds after 12 o'clock so they were the first couples and uh, this was really a wonderful um, Wonderful adventure, actually. It was front-page news. There were a lot of journalists from all over the world. And I remember that people were cheering in the streets, and it was really something new, and everybody was very excited. And in the years that followed, other countries took up the same issue. And uh, I was um, invited by the Belgian uh, parliament to speak with members of parliament about uh, the marriage. And what I thought was very uh, nice... notice is that uh, nowhere in these countries, uh, they said, we cannot introduce such an act because it is not implemented anywhere in the world. They always said, in the Netherlands you can get married, so why can't we? And that was, uh, for me, that was something very special. Now, um, at this moment, I think Brad also said this uh, in his introduction, uh, there are some countries where you can get married. For instance, uh, Belgium, Spain, Canada, South Africa, and uh, also the state of Massachusetts. And most likely, I guess that in these countries, in this state, a Dutch a same-sex marriage will be recognized as a marriage. But in many countries, a registered partnership has been introduced, and in all those countries, actually the, the rights and obligations of a registered partnership differ. But most likely in those countries, a Dutch marriage will be recognized as a registered partnership according to the rules of that specific country. And I think that in Europe, there lies a great task ahead for the Council of European Ministers and also for the European Parliament to propose a minimum set of rights for same-sex couples all over Europe and to limit the variety of partnerships. And I know that there are some uh, European members of Parliament who are really taking up this issue. So I foresee that, well, let's say within 10 years' time in the European Union, everywhere you can uh, register your partnership and hopefully other countries will follow and opening up their uh, civil marriage to same-sex couples. Now, how often does a same-sex marriage take place? What are the figures? Uh, Every year, approximately 1,200 same-sex couples get married in the Netherlands. And both acts have been reviewed recently by the University of Utrecht. And the conclusion was, because uh, the law started in 2001, it's five years ago, uh, six years ago, the conclusion was that the act opening civil marriage to same-sex couples is a great success and the university said nothing should be changed in this act. The review committee, however, is quite sceptical about the Act on Registered Partnership for reasons I will not explain here, but they have some criticism and most likely some aspects of this act will be changed. Now, um, coming back to Dutch politics again, we've had... Elections in November 2006. Uh, I'm a politician, so that's why I'm always talking about elections. I notice now it's the third election I'm mentioning to you. But in 2006, we had our elections, and um, let me say, unfortunately, the Christian uh, parties, Christian Democratic parties, have won the elections, and the Liberal parties were ousted. Change of government. A new government has uh, been formed uh, two weeks ago with two Christian parties uh, as leading parties in the new government. And in their new coalition uh, contract, um, it was signed beginning of uh, February, the Same-Sex Marriage Act had been left uh, intact. So they will not change anything in the law. However, because in their uh, party programs they said they were against same-sex marriage. Um, they had to come up with something to show the public that now it's time for a change again in, in the Netherlands. And they decided that they want to protect the right of civil servants who uh, work for a municipality uh, and who are considered to feel uh, conscientious objections against a same-sex marriage. So according to the new government, these officials are allowed, are entitled, to refuse to conduct conduct, uh, such a marriage. But the municipality is obliged to provide another civil civil servant. Now, the gay movement is very much opposing this new uh, creation, um, but because it's in the coalition uh, contract, uh, the majority in parliament will favor this, so, it's not. Uh, we know already the uh, outcome of these discussions. But I must say, this is not really the heart of the matter. Uh, the same-sex marriage act will be intact, and that's, of course, good news. Now, in society, the same-sex marriage has been accepted wildly. widely. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because... Uh, about two weeks ago, I was sitting in a bus, and uh, it was, it was uh, rush hour, it was completely packed with people, and then two friends, they met each other again after a long time, and uh, this girl said to uh, this friend, uh, oh, uh, half a year ago I got married, and then he shouted, with a man or a woman? <laughs> and then she said, no, with a man, and then they just continued the conversation, and everybody was listening, but... It was just uh, something normal. It was, uh, as a matter of fact, they were talking about this. And I thought, that's so charming, actually. It's not a big (laughs) deal anymore. You just ask somebody, are you married with a man or a woman? And that's it. So um, I thought that was very charming. But I must admit, not everybody in society has accepted uh, the same-sex marriage, especially new immigrants, and especially from Muslim countries. They Feel uh, that this is something weird this new family law and um, the previous government has uh, seen this and has thought how can we um, make people feel more comfortable with this so we have in our country a system when a new immigrant is coming he is uh, obliged to follow what we call an introduction course to our society and in this introduction course now there is a chapter on uh, homosexuality and on the same-sex marriage. And in this way, one tries to um, make new immigrants feel more comfortable with uh, our Dutch family law. But I guess it will take some time, because especially um, religious uh, objections play a very important role here. Now, I come to my uh, conclusion, looking at the clock. Um, What lessons can be learned from this Dutch legal adventure? And of course, um, uh, I could have made a whole list, but I will mention only a few. I think it's very important to be creative and to dare to introduce new legislature. Um, I think that's very important, not to focus on the problems, but focus on the challenges and the things you can achieve. What I think is also very important is that in the discussion you shouldn't... uh, make the debate an emotional debate, but focus on facts and focus on figures. And um, I think, therefore, it's very important what uh, the Williams Institute is doing, because it's very important to show that uh, there are um, all kinds of scientific surveys and there are all kinds of facts and figures you can trust, and that this helps uh, overcoming initial doubts that people might have against the same-sex marriage. Politicians tend to listen to influential uh, groups in society. So I think it's very important that a strong and unified gay community or communities of uh, non-governmental organizations uh, are there in order to fight for the same-sex marriage because um, it's important for them to put pressure on politicians. It makes it also easier if role models in society, step forward and uh, support the Same-Sex Marriage Act. In our country, we had some uh, people who came forward, although they were heterosexual, they said, we think it's very important that uh, our fellow countrymen can have exactly the same rights uh, as we do have. And um, yesterday, when I was talking to students, I used the example of Brad Pitt and uh, 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 Angela or what's, what's her name, actually? Angelina Yoli. And nobody uh, said to me that it was not true, so I guess it's a, it's a correct example. Um, I've read somewhere in a gossip magazine, I must admit, <laughs> that they said uh, they don't want to get married because uh, same-sex couples cannot get married in uh, the United States. I think that's important because people, uh, especially, I guess, uh, when it's... Uh, uh, coming to movie stars, people like to um, follow their example. Now, what I think also an important, important lesson is to seek for a dialogue with religious groups. We've done that in our country, and I've noticed that in all those religious groups, whether they are Roman Catholic or Presbyterian or whatever, uh, there are always people who are really um, um, receptive to uh, new family laws, and they can be an advocate in their own religious group. So I think it's important to have a dialogue with religious groups. Uh, introduction of a registered partnership is, I guess, a leap forward. Sometimes you call it domestic partnership or civil union or whatever. But I think it's a leap forward. And after that, once you have reached that, a same-sex marriage doesn't seem so far away anymore. So it could be good to focus first on civil unions and then go on, although you can regard this differently. Now, several countries in the world have introduced already their marriage, and their societies did not collapse. The implementation didn't lead to riots or an increase of discrimination against gay people, Uh, children uh, are being raised by uh, same-sex couples and it's going okay with the children. So all those doubts, uh, we don't have to fear about that. I think that's important. But one thing, the last remark I would like to make is talking about discrimination. What I thought um, was remarkable in the Netherlands is that after we had introduced the same-sex marriage is that a lot of people... Uh, talking about discrimination against gay people, said, well, we've got the same-sex marriage, so why bother? It doesn't exist, discrimination. And this is, of course, uh, baloney. Uh, because um, people are discriminated everywhere on a day-to-day basis. And you have to find fight discrimination every day. So it's actually um, too easy to say, because you have good legislature... Um, we don't have anything to do with discrimination anymore. No. Uh, it's actually an incentive to talk about issues like discrimination in education or for older people. We have now um, some uh, nursery homes for older gay people, and they are being nursed by uh, new immigrants, and the new immigrants don't know how to relate to older gay people. So this gives all kinds of complications. We should Uh, focus on that and continue working um, so that we can ban discrimination. Thank you very much for your attention. Um.
0: time for a few questions. So, and actually for being taped, we're going to the microphone
1: run to. You, you said there were 1200 marriages in a year. That was out of how many um, uh, total marriages? Uh, that's a good question. I don't have the uh, exact figures here with me, but um, I know that uh, it's an increase of uh in because uh, economically we are doing fine and uh, there are a lot of uh, people who say that when uh, the economy is not uh, well, then there is a decline emerging. But uh, now we have seen an increase again. But I don't know the exact uh, numbers. I'm sorry. Could look it up for you. You said that um, what you refer to as the social mother is allowed to adopt. Is that not automatic, or is there some second stage uh, process? And if so, why? Yeah. Um, because uh, our whole family law is based on the presumption of natural parenthood, um, we have decided that uh, the social mother should apply for adoption. Um, now, in debate is whether there should be a waiting period or if there is a married couple uh, to women, if more or less automatically uh, the adoption bureau will grant uh, this uh, title of legal mother to the social mother. Uh, We have now a waiting period of one year. That means that a a married couple uh, when they want uh, the birth mother is of course the legal mother by birth. But then uh, the social mother she has to apply for adoption and after one year the judge will grant this adoption. And there is a social survey whether she would be a good mother or not. And of course you can say this is discriminatory Uh, when you um, compare this with heterosexual couples. But uh, because we didn't want to overthrow the whole uh, family law, we decided this would be um, actually the most easy way. Uh, Thank you. Can you get divorced?
0: And is it the same laws that apply to heterosexual couples? And what about community property and stuff like that? And has that happened yet?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because the law came into effect in uh, 2001, of course. There have been... Divorce cases, and it's exactly the same. There's no difference, and I can tell you that there are some uh, gay couples who can be very nasty to (laughs) one (laughs) another. Because two couples, two couples have asked me me to mediate, and I said, "Okay, it's it's also this is also new, a gay divorce." So I um, wanted to become uh, the mediator, but after a while, I decided. That wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> but they have been divorced. in the meantime. Aside from thanking Sir Boris and the Netherlands par- Parliament for paving the way, uh, I have a question that stems from the fact that in arguing the right to gay marriage, my one thing that I always want to do is shake the other person and say, what is it about civil law? Which one of those words is it that you don't understand in comparison with religious law, etc., etc.? when you have your indoctrinations to immigrants and they are coming from a very different sometimes a theocracy do you push the fact that there is civil and there is religious yeah this is uh, the main issue in this chapter on uh, Dutch family law and homosexuality because um, uh, there are some uh, people um, who are coming from countries where Uh, This is completely mixed, and uh, we think it's very important that the state is separate from uh, the religion. And this is in our constitution as well. And we feel that new immigrants should be aware of the fact that they have chosen for a country where this separation is, because uh, we do not want to give up all the emancipation we have reached uh, over the last uh, decades. And we ask from uh, new immigrants to adopt our constitution and to live accordingly. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Thank you very much.